0: This is the Limitless Conversation podcast with Joseph Jones and Matt LaCasse. That's right. And Joe, my understanding is
1: tonight we have a very special lightning round episode for all of our listeners. Uh, I don't know the questions you're going to ask me. You don't know the questions I'm going to ask you. So it should be exciting for everybody. And let's see what happens.
0: That's right, Matt. Really excited about this segment. And speaking of lightning round, you know, traveling at the speed of light that sounds kind of like space travel you know really fast with uh space shuttles and we were talking in a recent segment about Elon Musk and SpaceX and so the question i have for you Matt is in 20 years will SpaceX have landed on Mars
1: I'm going to go with yes and i don't know if you heard me pause right there cuz i really had to think this through and i know in the light Around we have to be quick, but I'm gonna say yes, and it's because of Elon Musk. I think a man like that has goals that people can't even dream of, and so
0: Mars is simply a stepping stone for where he wants to go one day. So I would say we get to Mars in 20 years, if not before. Okay, I mean that'd be that'd be awesome if that happened. I mean that that would just change the course of history. So okay, here's mine for you. All right. We'll take turns. We'll
1: alternate going back and forth. So I was just reading on cnn.com that the coronavirus is changing how people eat frozen foods. Right. So what I'm going to ask you is what frozen food or any food have you been eating during the coronavirus pandemic?
0: Uh, let me think about that. I remember back in law school, I used to eat a lot of frozen food because I would rely heavily on. Uh, Hungry Man uh, frozen dinners and heat those in the microwave. You know, Matt, I really can't think of anything um, I've eaten lately with frozen food. I've made a lot of BLTs, homemade. I had some chicken salad tonight. And so really, I don't know if I've had frozen food in the last couple of weeks. So it
1: sounds like uh, iconic southern dishes, right? BLTs, chicken salad. I'll tell you that I have been eating frozen vegetarian uh, hamburger patties, right? So that's been big for me in the pandemic uh, era. And then the other part is uh, Mexican food. So
0: I have taken a strong draw to take out Mexican food, which speaks to the increase in my waistline. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I hear you on that one. Um, I remember a few years ago, I, I gave up uh, eating a lot of um, chips and salsa at restaurants, largely for that reason, because I feel like if you can just cut out sometimes one thing from your diet, you can still eat a lot more in other areas of your diet.
1: Well, I need to cut out about 100 things in my diet right now. So.
0: <laughs> um, Matt, the next question I have for you for the lightning round, and this is a little bit more on a serious note, obviously. Um, It may just be the age of social media, but it feels like our country is divided as ever when it comes to just about any topic. Do you think that we're more divided today than we've ever been before in human history?
1: So I want to put a little color behind this comment, right, even in a lightning round. And that is I'm 35 years old. Any person younger than me is listening to this saying that, Oh, he's an old head. He's just an old fogey that won't embrace life right now. He's too old. What I would tell you is, look, I'm being honest. The world, America specifically, is more divided than any other time that I can think of, right? I see stuff on the news. Maybe it's because of the access to video and the stuff on social media that we never had before. But I see stuff on TV and the news that I never thought I would ever see. I see issues that I never thought would come about and I will tell you in my personal opinion that America is
0: more divided on hot topics than I can ever remember in the past I mean they definitely are I mean you have you talk about like armchair quarterbacks you have armchair activism with keyboard warriors you know people that are always typing things and you know harassing one another and saying things that they wouldn't say in front of other people um, but what's interesting about that discussion Matt real quick on that topic, is that we don't have a society that you know is barbaric. You know, we don't have duels like they used to have back in the 17 and 1800s when people had a disagreement. That's very uncommon. I mean, sometimes you know you see violence, but as disagreeable as we are, it seems to be more of a rhetorical thing at times than it is violence. Those those numbers are not quite as high as they used to be, which is very interesting.
1: Yeah, it's it like a bunch of social media bullies right and now I don't have a social media presence and I, I'm okay with that i let you handle our social media presence with the podcast and, and you're advertised but what I think about is actually a quote from a Drake song and he says trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers right and so that's what I think about because it's like Twitter has given everybody an instantaneous vehicle to voice their opinion right and And I think opinions are good. I mean, we live in America, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. But you don't always need to express your opinion. And one could even say that about our podcast, right? This is another expression of our opinion. But Twitter gives people and even people in very high positions the ability to
0: tweet out their feelings in the moment. And that is very dangerous, both from a psychological standpoint as well as an emotional standpoint. It definitely is, Matt. That's very well said. What is your um, next question for me?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, okay, a little less serious, and I hope this brings a little bit of joy to everybody. So here's what I want to know. You have the opportunity to go to Disney World or go see any sport event that of your choosing
0: right now. Which one would you choose considering the coronavirus situation? Okay, so we have to take that into consideration. We're not this is not going back to six months from now, six months ago. That's
1: right. In in our current situation, devoid of sports, devoid of entertainment and travel on both sides there, which one would you choose if given the choice, Disney World or any sport event of your choosing? And what would that sport event be?
0: I think, Matt, that I would choose a sporting event for a couple of reasons, and I'll try to keep this as brief as possible. I feel like with sporting events, you can keep those, especially if it's like baseball or golf, you can keep those outside. And so you can social distance better. You're not indoors breathing the same air of everybody in the room or confined space. In some roller coasters at Disney World and some of those places like that at theme parks, you know, that can be a little bit confined. You're sometimes closer to people. And so I feel like with that, um, the disease could be transmitted the virus could be transmitted easier. Um, and I feel like with live sports, I would be so starved to see that I would be happy with anything, but I feel like watching baseball or golf would be uh, the safest right now. So I'd probably choose one of them.
1: Yeah. So I am going to throw caution to the wind and I hear you. Like I want to see sports as bad as you and, and, and I respect the Corona situation, but I'm going to throw caution to the wind I want to be at Disney World. And it's because of something you brought up a roller coaster. Not only do I want to be out and about, standing in a line, enjoying not being inside, but I want to get on a roller coaster and have some adrenaline course through my veins. I want to laugh. I want to smile, kind of fear for my life for
0: a few seconds, but I want the fun that comes with Disney World. I mean, it definitely would be a fun time. I know there are a lot of people that I've. I've known people that had tickets to go to Disney world in upcoming months, and they've had to alter their schedules. And so I know there are a lot of people, a lot of families, especially now as we're approaching the summer months and, you know, the holiday that we just finished, you know, Disney world would have been booming. And so they're definitely uh, missing out on that revenue. However, you know, if the NBA, uh, plays in Orlando, you know, that kind of gives the Disney resort an opportunity to, uh, be kind of uh, the center of the sports universe yeah it ain't funny if disney world is able to bring back sports right it's it's the place on earth where a, an adult can feel like a child and also get their sports fix at the same time yeah i almost wonder like if that was your kind of clever way of answering the question where you feel like you get both because uh you might have the nba playoffs there too that would that would be nice. So you you get to ride on Splash Mountain, you get to see Mickey Mouse, and at the night, uh, the closing event at night is getting to watch uh, King James take the throne or the court. You know. Yeah, that that'd be really cool. Um, the next one I have for you, Matt. Um, I want to talk about um, the other another entertainment industry with Hollywood in the production of movies. Will 2020 and 2021? see the production of fewer Hollywood films because of social distancing? So, that is
1: a remarkable question, Joe. And, and coming out of the left field, I mean, I, I'm kind of speechless because I've never thought about that. And the answer is short and sweet. Yeah, I think, I think Hollywood takes a, a hit from coronavirus, right? I mean, so right now they have to be questioning – if movies are even practical, considering that, you know, people are, are not going to movie theaters, but then how long does that go on? And here's the other side of it. If a movie, kind of the same situation that sports faces, movies face, if they can put 200 people in a movie theater, if they have to skip seats in between people, now they can only put 75 people so will movies generate the same amount of revenue as before? And does
0: that justify making the movies? That's a, it's a scary thought. It is. It is. I think there are three things I want to say about that real quick, Matt. I think that with movies, movie theaters could one day be the, a thing of the past. I think you're going to see more people wanting to watch movies at home on demand. Maybe you see a rejuvenation of some um, outdoor uh, viewing venues like a drive-in theater could have somewhat of a comeback. Um, the second thing I would say is that um, what's interesting right now is that most of the movies that are being released in 2020 were recorded in previous years, and so it's going to be at the point that they run out of uh, new productions and new releases. Then you start to wonder, you know, how quickly can they facilitate? filming uh, another movie for 2021 or 2022, 23, you know, one that's not made years in advance. When does it finally kind of catch up to everybody? And they're like, you know, we can't perform at the the same level that we we're accustomed to. And the last thing I I would just kind of ask you, do you think we're going to see people wearing a face mask in a movie at some point? Now, that is also an interesting question. I know I say that a lot on our podcast but I want
1: people to think about other countries, right? When you look at Bollywood films and independent foreign films, they oftentimes do things that are different than the mainstream movies. So if you're asking me, will we see masks in the next mainstream movie featuring Dwayne Johnson? I'm going to say no, probably not. Will we see a movie with masks in it from a different country like India and Bollywood or some independent foreign film, I would say it is highly likely, right? Um, because it would be a trending thing at the time and people could relate to it. Um, I also think at some point you will see a movie, a, a true coronavirus movie. We saw it with 9-11. We've seen it with all kinds of different, of course, the Iraq war, all kinds of different uh, situations have bred movies, and so I fully expect
0: there will be Hollywood feature films based on the coronavirus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's going to be generations, you know, that 20, 30, 40 years from now, kids growing up, they're going to be reading about this pandemic, watching movies about it depicted by Hollywood, and we'll probably be old men watching those movies and shaking our bootstraps, just reliving, you know, kind of the, the unknown and kind of the fear that we're all experiencing right now.
1: Yeah, something has to be made to document what people are dealing with right now. Um, of course, it will always be a, an argument, a debate about the impact and how brutal this time has been for America, but I definitely think something will come about to document this time, nothing greater than a Hollywood movie, I would tend to think.
0: Without a doubt. Um, I have one last question for you, Matt, for the lightning round. Um and this involves, uh, as we get through the summer months, uh, we, we've talked about in a previous episode, returning uh, to normalcy, reopening society, and education is at the forefront of that. Can schools, you know, resume when we get to the fall? Do you think that students will be on campus this fall? Give me a date for that fall. And like normally I know what everyone thinks about when we talk about quote unquote the fall, but I think in light of corona, give me a specific time frame that you're you're mentioning. Okay. So I think that with the school calendar, it's different in different states. Like in Mississippi, I know students go back really early, sometimes early to mid-August, but in the New England region, other parts of the country, you see most students in school no later than the day after Labor Day. I think that's kind of the, sh- the cutoff in the Northeast. So by Labor Day, do you think kids could be back in school?
1: If things tra- change dramatically, then I would say there's a chance. But right now, I'm going to look right now and not a month from now. Right now, I say no. and And the reason why I say that is, I feel like the number of coronavirus cases that are happening on a day to day basis have not dropped significantly enough to say from this point on that we are gonna have children in schools with teachers. You know, and of course, if children are moving around, that means parents are moving around. You have all these people and all these germs commingling. And so
0: from this point moving forward, No, the schools will not open, I don't think, until
1: the winter semester of 2021. And so that looks like right after Christmas, right? January 2021 is what I'm thinking about.
0: Well, you make a very compelling point, I will say, about the spread of germs in a school environment. You know, you can think back to grade school days, how germs spread so fast in those settings. I mean, kindergartners, first graders, second graders, It's inevitable that germs are going to be transmitted and then they could bring those home to the most vulnerable population, you know, grandparents and other people they interact with. And so if you're going to contain the virus right now, as we stand, it is hard to imagine reopening schools that early. And so it's looking like you may be accurate. We probably won't be back to full swing as far as in-person education until 2021.
1: Yeah, and and I want to bring up kind of two other quick points right there. So I think, first off, you look in the news, you're seeing these other countries, Brazil, Philippines, India, they're starting to see a surge in their cases. Well, as long as other countries are surging, people are still moving in and out of these countries and into America. And so I feel like there is a chance to reinfect people and then start another wave of the virus, which I know – the experts are talking about the other thing i kind of want to briefly mention is that you know we're in the summer right now no one is sick quote unquote yes people who have coronavirus are i'm not saying that but generally speaking people are not sick right now when you start talking about opening up for the fall you're talking september october november that's when people start to actually get sick and they actually have sinus infection and cold and flu and all these different things that you don't have right now. And so that, to me, will also amplify the number of cases that, that could show up.
0: No, that, that, that is kind of scary, too. I mean, you have to kind of be able to referee that with um, how much um, regular, traditional um, illness that will be present in those months. And so you don't want to overload uh, your healthcare system then either. And so, I mean, that that really makes it come to a point where until we have a vaccine, obviously, life as we know it will be impacted.
1: Absolutely. Joe, do we we have time for one more question? Can I toss one more question at you? Certainly, certainly. Go right ahead. So this one is a a lot more serious, but I want your take on it, right? I think it's a lightning round topic, and I think it comes from your area of expertise. So here it is. I was just reading that a man in the Philippines got a death sentence for simple child pornography. Now, we all know child pornography is a very uh, complicated situation, and it's a very serious crime in America. But he got the death penalty in the Philippines. So, And that is not common in America here, if not has ever been done. So what I would ask you from your legal standpoint, are the laws in America— Too relaxed?
0: Well, sometimes they can be because they don't always work as a deterrent because you see people every day breaking the law. I mean, I remember back when I was in law school, I did an internship for a semester with a local district attorney's office. And I remember the assistant district attorney that supervised me. I remember him telling somebody one time, I never have to worry about job security because we were sitting, I think, at a table uh, working on some indictments for some cases. And he said, right here, as I said, working on some cases, there are other people out there doing who knows what and breaking laws. And so people are continuing throughout history to break the law. You know, if you have stricter punishment, harsher regulations, that has maybe a deterrent factor. But with a country like the United States, even though we are, pretty lax with how we, you know, deal with people and and deal with punishment, relatively speaking, of course, with some exceptions. At the same time, with a country like America, it is hard for me to imagine a situation where they make things uh, any more stricter due to the freedoms that have always been so intertwined with our society.
1: So so what I think I hear you saying and what, what you're telling our listeners is that there's this balance we walk between freedom and apropos just punishment, basically.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, you pretty much, in America, the way we're set up, you have the freedom to break the law, basically. That's kind of the, um, the latitude we give people.
1: Yeah, well, it, it really just stuck out to me, you know, that juxtaposition between, you know, okay, if he would have committed this crime in America— what would his punishment have been? And then I also remember when I was working in Singapore, something as simple as spitting on the ground would get you a few years in prison. And so I think about those other countries and how they try to solidify safety for all citizens. And then I look at the laws in America and just tend to think sometimes we are more lax. And so it's great to hear your opinion
0: and your thoughts on that, Joe. Yeah, I mean, he'd be going to to prison in the United States, but definitely, you know, not anywhere close to that punishment in the Philippines. So, you know, it's just definitely, um, you know, a huge difference in um, in our justice system here in America. But Matt, yeah. no, that, go go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just saying, and that's why we love having you on the show, right, Joe? You're the legal
1: expert, and so if there's any legal issues that come up you know, here you are to talk about them and address them. And so, you know, if anyone's trying to get out of jail, this is the man for the job.
0: (laughs) I don't know about that, Matt. Uh, I did go to law school and graduate from law school. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, my debate background sometimes helps me out. Just able to kind of, you know, talk through a situation and uh, connect the dots. And obviously, you know, um, immensely enjoy your perspective as well. You know, just you being uh, such a well-educated person as well. I think it just lends itself to a fascinating uh, back-and-forth dialogue.
1: You know, in terms of myself, opinions are a dime a dozen. That's all I'll say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, once again, just thank you so much to our listeners for um, engaging us and uh, in, in listening uh, to this episode, having the lightning round. It was a lot of fun here, had just a myriad of topics and uh, some good back-and-forth perspective. and. Um, Just remind everybody real quick, as always, uh, you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And we will see everybody next time on Limitless Conversation.